Well, welcome to Talk Story, the longest-running talk show on Maui. And I am just so thrilled and excited to have in the studio an absolutely brilliant woman who I adore. Uh, Her name is Kelly Covington. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Cindy. I'm trying to remember the last time we saw each other. It's been a couple years at least. Oh, quite a few, quite a few. It's nice to see you. It's great to see you, too. You're looking fabulous. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. It's a strange thing that's bringing us together here. Um, The memory of Fulton Tushambi. You were just so close, family close. Yes, Brother, sister. That's right. And I just adored him, as so many people did, because he helped so many musicians out. He helped me out with uh, the recording of Practicing Aloha. It was all done by him with some wonderful people, including you including singing me. back up. Remember yes, Celebrate? I do remember that, yes. And Eric Gilliam was on that track uh-huh. as well? Yes. In fact, the other day, I was looking through some of my old... Remember, the problem is we have these old computers. Some of them don't work so well, but right. they just kind of sit in the background. Mm-hmm. And he did a recording of a song that he did, which I never released with you singing, that is somewhere there (laughs) in one of those files. Tucked away, tucked away. Tucked away, and I found a CD of spoken word pieces I did with his music behind it. There was so much he did, and um, you emailed me just the other day, and you said, we're going to do a big memorial event. Right. I didn't realize how big it was till I looked at the flyer, and you're oh going to be goodness. doing a big time at February, yes, February one, 5th. February 5th at the MAC, outside at the pavilion, we will have the celebration of life for Fulton Tashambi, for the island people. This is for us, you guys. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone has been waiting and wondering. That's right. Why, when, how, you exactly. know. And so we have finally got a team of people together to make this happen um, Art at the um, at the Mac has donated the space. Wow! And his staff. He never does that. And I know. You know that's a miracle right there. Well, because Fulton did so much for for him and he for did. that place. He played there relentlessly. He did at no cost. That's right. To open the shows, to close the shows, to during the shows, mm-hmm. he was a staple down there. That's right. And Art is um, paying back with thanks for wow. him. And we have Bev Gannon on board. Oh, Bev loved him. They worked together they for years, worked, yes, him and absolutely. I and her. And um, that's our favorite team. Yeah. And her team um, with um, Rebecca and that's Carrie right. her assistant, and Nicole yeah. and yeah. all the, those girls that work so hard to pull things off. She's going to be there. And um, we have a whole lineup of great bands. How do you even go about putting something it like was, together, it Kelly? It was terrible. <laughs> it was a, the hard, one of some of the hardest decisions I had to make was organizing the music for this. And if I had had the time and if we had had like a four-day like festival or something, yeah. I, I could have put everybody on the stage. Everyone that he's ever played with wow. or worked with, it's endless, you know, and so when I know everybody wants to play and everybody wants to share, and but everybody will not be able to, you know, and I'm trying to include the people, you know, that I thought that he played with the most. Uh-huh. And um, it, But it's going to be an awesome lineup. See, the, isn't this, I mean, this just says something in itself, the fact that there's so many people that he was involved in and worked with who loved him that want to play. I mean, typically when you ask people to play for free, or right. something like this, 
you, you can barely get a couple people. They're all so busy. They get asked all the time. Mm-hmm. And here you are. You have so many people right. that want to play that you could actually do days. I could do of days a, of an endless festival. Wow. You know, and I, unfortunately, I had three hours uh-huh. to work with. What time does it start on the So festival? it starts at 5 o'clock, uh-huh. and it's over at 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And um, Well, that's good. I can do that one. I can mean, you do that? Oh, absolutely. I can do that. I don't like the ones that start at 8 and get over at, at 11. I'm getting older, you know, 11 uh, yes, o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11. Are. It's like it's, it's hard. But 5 as, to 8, yes, absolutely, I'm going to be there. You know, I mean, Fulton touched so many people in so many ways when I was doing the work on that, practicing Aloha. Let me just tell you a little story of how practicing Aloha came about. It was a CD that I did that got nominated for an Ahoko Hanahana Award. Um, and I had it also submitted for a Grammy. Um, I was at the Wailuka Coffee Company. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I've known Fulton for years. You know, he he used to do a jazz show here. Here, that's right. On Ko'o'i FM for years. That's and I've right. known him. That was before his son Gabe was born. He was yes, doing that. That was before he was even sick. That's right. Yeah. It was. So um, I ran into him, you know, big hugs. Hi, what you up to? And I think, you know, I, I have all these songs. I do mostly writing, you know, but these songs came to me. And I was celebrating 20 years of being on Maui. I said, this is not what I typically do, but I wrote songs about Maui. And, and typically it's all spiritual, related to God and spirit. But this one was really about Maui. And I said, I don't know how to do this. When I have a song that comes to me, Kelly, I mean, I am note by note. I write it down literally, you know, all I can do is a single line. I did learn piano when I was young. I can't play anymore. Well, so you can notate it. I can note it. And then I said, but these all have to be arranged, you know. I mean, I don't know how to put this even into a score. Right. This is before I did um, um, Sibelius, before I had Sibelius and things like that. Mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. that can do that even. Right. So we literally went to his studio. At that time, he was here right behind and why Luke our radio station. He had yes. he was right there behind it, our, our our thing, and it was almost like a Quonset hut back yeah. there. Which is, <laughs> that was right? a cool house. Yes, and he had it all set up back there. Yeah, with the studio and and probably a hundred instruments. Right. Right. And and we literally, I'd go da 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 da, and he'd put down da 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 da, and then from that, just da 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 da. da, da. <laughs> <laughs> he'd make these. He'd build the chords. He'd do the he'd whole arrangements. arrangements and and yeah. what he would do is sometimes just noodle and come up with these amazing things. And then from there, you know, he started calling on all of his friends. And boy, did he have friends. I mean, next thing I know, Lenny's coming in. Lenny Castellanos is coming mm-hmm. in. Um, Gretchen Rhodes. Right. Before mm-hmm. she'd recorded anything here, he said, I've got this piece. And we had Gretchen do... Great, a song I wrote called Greater Purpose. And, you know, it was one of the last times we actually had David Choi. Oh, wow, Play David. saxophone on it. Wow. And he knew these people in L.A. that, you know, that <laughs> one he did. knew everybody. He knew everybody. <laughs> that song it's Celebrate, amazing. he had a sax player coming from L.A. that was, he had all these people. I yeah. mean, it was really amazing yeah. how it all built. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he would just go on and on and on. Now, his challenges, he went on and on so much that it was like you almost needed an organizer behind him keeping track of everything, just yeah. finding the track sometimes. Just <laughs> a lot would come out of him. Yes. And that was his magic, yeah. how he could take a song and totally flip it and yeah. change it and Absolutely make true. it something completely different. Yep. 
And he would do that yep. on the spot while we were working. Yes. He would take a song and just completely change it. Then all of a sudden we'd be in a totally different groove. It would just be happening. He would know what I was going to sing. Yes. I would know what he was going to sing. And we would do it together and then turn and just laugh at each other. Now, you, you know? have how many uh, CDs out? I have two. And he, did you do them CDs. both with him? No, actually, mm-hmm. actually, no. I thought you might have, because I know you've CD, done a lot of singing with him. My first CD was done um, about 21 years ago. Wow, yeah. And and that was a jazz CD. I did that with Brian Como. Oh, really? And a bunch of ah. other jazz guys. Uh-huh. And then my next... What happened to Brian? Brian is away know. in New York right now, healing up. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but he'll be back soon, I do oh, believe. So um, the next one, and the next one I did it. I did in uh, yeah, I did in California uh-huh. with my famous brother-in-law, uh, Narada Michael Walden. Oh, that's right. That's your brother-in-law. Yeah. I, you know, it's just and 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 okay, folks. I know some of you may not be into music as much as I love music and as much as Kelly, <laughs> but may I just mention that this guy Narada Michael Walden was. Is he still alive? He's still here with us and oh, still yes, doing he's it. He's a brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Okay, so how do you describe I mean, I mean, in my terms of knowing music, it was like he was one of the first new age musicians. I mean, I'm only saying that because he's so freaking spiritual. Right. I mean, he is a master, you know. Yes. Um, and, and for him, it's just his mind is there. You know, his soul is there. Yes. And he put out some amazing recordings. Yes. But he also worked with a lot of people. He, he produced Whitney Houston, Aretha Franklin. Wow, um, I didn't know that. Mariah Carey. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. Guy's yeah, yeah. brilliant. Many he's, Grammys, right? Yeah, many Grammys, um, Emmys, and he's one of those triple winners. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah, he did. He, but he, he started out as a drummer, a jazz fusion drummer with John McLaughlin. And, wow, one of the very biggest names. And in- Jeff Beck and people wow. like that. Amazing. And then he blossomed into this into this producer uh-huh. and writer that has just been amazing. Yeah. You know? So I do a Christmas show. He has a foundation for kids. And we do a Christmas um, Christmas show for them every year. And I go out there and I perform with this amazing band that he puts together and we well do. i think we got to dig in the fact that here you know you're on maui you go back you know you've got the ties with narada michael which is amazing but but people do not realize that somehow when you're living on maui people here don't get the respect that they do in the industry in new york or in hollywood or even maybe chicago and other places um you know you have those connections and those roots and a lot of people don't realize it because Fulton just liked being here, that Fulton had, he had those many. roots, those deep, deep roots as well. Yes. And, and he, I saw it when we did this, the CD, Practicing Low. He'd just call on friends. But maybe let's give a little backstory on, on Fulton and where his roots came from. Um, well, he's from the Bay Area, mm-hmm. and he grew up in the church with his dad as a pastor. I did not know his dad was a pastor. Yeah, and they had their own his own church. Wow. And Fulton grew up behind the organ. Wow. Backing up his father every Sunday and all the choirs and well, everything. There you go. And then he's, he started playing in the clubs and getting out there. And he's, he's, one of his big breaks was playing with a group called The Whispers. Uh-huh. And he was with them for many years. And, oh, Fulton's played with everybody. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he has just played with everyone. And he... um. Decided to live here, and his first gig he ever did on this island was with me. 
I didn't know that. What year was that? Oh, gosh. It had to be maybe 85, something like that. Wow. I had been here wow. for, for a few years already, uh-huh. and I was working around. And and then they decided I got a job from Kika, who's an agency on Oahu. And she said, I'm sending you a new piano player <laughs> um, tonight. You're going to do this gig with this guy. His name's Fulton Tashambi. I was wow. like, she goes, you go, you're going to like him. He'll be fine. I said, okay. Mm-hmm. He comes in. He was all thin and tight. Had a tight suit on, all buttoned <laughs> all up. He did love and his a, clothes. He just loved his know, clothes. Loved yeah. his clothes and his yeah. briefcase and everything. <laughs> and I said, "Oh, he's a brother. Good." Okay. I was like, "Yeah, Kika." Okay, <laughs> you know, because there were few and far, few of us true. here. That's why I'm laughing. I can I totally understand, right? <laughs> you know. So um, he came in, and from that moment on, we just sat at the piano and we played songs, and. I knew right then and there that God had sent me a brother, a friend, and a family member. I mean, I can't even imagine the amount of music and gigs you did together. I mean, beyond beyond being able to remember. Was it thousands? Thousands of hours. Wow. And then I would show up at his house sometime, and he'd just be Mm -hmm. like, here, sing on this. Yeah, yeah. And we would just, you know, cut things or, you know, work on different projects with different people. Yeah. He was just a master and a genius. But, you know, more than that, he was just an awesome person. Mm -hmm. You know, he saw the the best in people. The love and the generosity he gave people was just, you know, incomparable. Mm -hmm. And the way he carried himself throughout his whole illness was like a lesson. I don't know how we even really go into that. It was a class of its own. I was telling you about... Time about twenty years ago, I went to his house when he was living in Pukalani, and I he asked me. He just found out he was ill, and he asked me to videotape because I was doing a lot of video business back then. I had a video company, and he asked me to videotape him talking into the camera and and telling people goodbye. He thought he didn't know when he got the diagnosis how long he'd have to live. Mm-hmm. And uh, in in turn for that, he played music behind some of my spoken word pieces, which I'll play um, one or two here. That was just really lovely. And I happened to find after he died, I knew I'd kept it somewhere. But you know, you lose so much along the way because you do so much. And I I was really um, at that recording. It was very surreal. It was very surreal. I, I believe in life after death. I mm-hmm. believe in God. I know he did, and mm-hmm. it came across so well mm-hmm. when he did that. But who could have ever guessed at that point 20 years ago that he continued to live with this in varying forms? I mean, right. uh, from times I would see him show up at gigs with his oxygen tank. tank. Yes. And which takes a lot of nerve because if anyone's smoking or anything's around there, anything can happen. Yes. But he would show up. Sometimes barely being able to breathe. Mm-hmm. And, and he would come anyway. He would go, because you know what? He was a consummate professional. Mm-hmm. And if he had a gig, he was at the gig. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he could be half alive and he'd be and at that gig and be professional and put on a good show. And that's the way it was up until, up until the two end. days before he died. Well, exactly, exactly. He was still going to work. Doing his and best. And he got thin at the end. He was. He got he really got thin. Very thin. But he at was the still end. But him. he was still going out and doing. I know he did a gig with Rock Hendricks on like a Friday night. Mm-hmm. And he had no right to 
going out to, to even be gig, out there doing it, driving right. to the gig and back. And that mm-hmm. night he he passed out uh, when he came back. Oh God! And I know it was. I mean, I can't imagine when you heard about what had happened. I mean, you must have. It was like a hole in your gut, right? I mean, for yeah, it's like a hole that you'll never fill. Yeah, you know. And the hardest part was that he wasn't here with us. He was on Oahu. Yeah. And I had been on vacation, and I came back, and they had shipped him out already. Yes. And did. so I didn't get a chance to see him. But at that point, he was mostly. But he was. He, he was, was already yeah. Um, yeah. half there. Yeah. I mean, we were all praying for the last four days of his life, four or five days. Mm-hmm. But we knew. I mean, I, I had a dream about him. In my sleep, he came to me, and, and we had a discussion about what to do, whether he should stay or should, he, should I stay or should I, I go. go. Mm-hmm. And it very clearly came down to if he were going to stay at that point, his he'd been unconscious, he'd been in a coma, and he would right. not be the same person. And he was told, uh, the doctors told everyone that if he does come back, he wouldn't be able to do music. Well, to imagine Fulton Tejabe not being able to speak or do music or sing. You know. Yeah. No. So, I mean, at that point, I mean, in the dream, he said, no, I've got to go. I can't, I can't live like that without the music. Yes. I think he could have, he lived for his music. Mm-hmm. That was his blood, was his mm-hmm. music. Right. And in his soul. And without that, you know, it was time to go. Right. And I think everyone understood that, right? Yes. I mean, we all were just heartbroken to see him go. To see him not It would be have him. been more heartbreaking to see, to him. see him alive and not be able to yes. do his music. That's right. I, I, I don't think I, I would have been able to handle that. He couldn't have handled it. He couldn't have handled it. He soldiered himself for so long. And then finally he said, I can't anymore. You know, that he even had a double lung implant. Transplant. Transplant. Yes. Double lung. Double lung transplant. And went through all that and came back and started over again. And then he got the skin cancer and the and ear they, and the, yeah, the neck. What and he went through. He would come to work anyway. He would. Right exactly. out of the hospital with those big metal um, stitches in his neck. He would come to work anyway and try to sing, actually. Yeah. yeah. His voice would go in and out and in and out, you know. Well, even when we were recording, that had to be 10 years ago, practicing Aloha. It would depend on the day because he'd be there with the breathing machine and he would be hooked up and and there were days he could barely breathe. But then after the, after the transplant, that all got better. Yes, it did. That all yeah. got better. He, could, he was released from the tanks and the coughing. Yep, yep. And it the, was a true blessing. The breathing problem, yep. you know, and he used to always tell me about how he felt different. After he got the, that, he kid, did that kid's lungs who had a um, a motorcycle accident. I feel younger, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I even feel Caucasian sometimes. <laughs> I'm having different thoughts and feelings. That's so funny. <laughs> I, I want to ride a motorcycle. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, oh you know, it always make you laugh. You yeah, know, absolutely. Always make you laugh. I miss him. And so he had much. so many great styles. My God! And you ever seen anyone that have more piano? Clothes. I mean, he had a piano tie, <laughs> a he had scarf. piano shirts, he had piano everything, a scarf, a hat. all kinds of sculpture and you know, artwork, and oh yeah. I mean, I've never seen, and he just had a fetish for instruments. Oh boy, he you walk into so his apartment, many. his last apartment down here, mm-hmm. and I in, know it well in, in Kahului. You could barely walk in the door. Right there right. were. Basses. There were guitars. There were saxophones. There were strange instruments. I don't know the name of right drums. Piano is is different kinds of pianos. 
Oh, and my gosh, you know, Kelly, he loved equipment. He did. <laughs> oh, my God, I'd go over there, and he said, I got this $20,000 Neiman microphone. I said, what? But I got it for 100, 100 bucks. I know. <laughs> because let me tell you about the deal. Okay, exactly. because I did this and that and this. We did this. And I'd be like, okay, Fulton. He was a gadget guy he to loved, the end. He loved Anything he loved new his. came out, he, you better believe he'd oh, have it. I mean, I couldn't believe it. He had one of the first iPads. Remember, the iPads came out, and he had that immediately. If there was a new <laughs> Mac that would come out, mm-hmm. he'd have to get the new Mac. If exactly. he'd have new equipment or software, I mean, he'd be going down there, oh, I got this new software. But, but Fulton, it would take months to learn yeah. how, how to use, you right. know. He'd get but it he'd, anyway. He'd get he'd get it. Well, bounty bounty all... music is going to be very is very sad. <laughs> Whatever happened to all those instruments and the equipment and everything? Well, um, I was in charge of cleaning out his apartment. Wow! And so wow. a lot that of, must have been tough. It was tough. It went on for like two weeks. Wow! With a team of people. Wow! That helped mm-hmm. very self selflessly and giving mm-hmm. and very generously. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been able to do it without them. Mm. He had a massive amount of equipment and instruments and clothing and things like that. Oh, yeah. And a lot of it went to our friend Bruce from Village Audio, and he's been selling the stuff. So if you guys want things, you could call him. I'm going to call him. And he's been giving the the money to the kids. Let's explain that. Now, in case you're just tuning in, we've been talking about 20 minutes here to Kelly Covington about Fulton Tashambi, who was a one of a kind. One of a kind musician that made a huge implant difference. He made the difference he made into the music scene on Maui is you can't even begin to compute yes. in your mind the impact he made on so many people. Mm-hmm. And it kind of all of it didn't start coming out to after the, you started reading the Facebook posts um, and and seeing all these people who said, wow, you know, did this, he did that. You know, this happened to me. The stories, the stories, the stories, you know, kept mm. evolving and, right. and and people could kind of relate. Um, and and so people don't realize that Fulton, I don't even know how he landed up paying his, his rent. He was very concerned about what could happen if Obamacare was ended. Mm-hmm. He was barely surviving. Right. He worked. He worked really hard. All the time. But, you know, he was always just struggling, figured, struggling to see what, how he could pay rent, how he could pay, any, how could he survive, right? Right. And he did a lot of that, of course, with, you know, the help of friends who, who loved him and supported right. him. Right. But um, I don't think there was hardly anything left over when he died, any kind of money or anything left no, probably, when he died. No, probably not. Yeah. So, so the money that's coming in... Uh, from the sale of stuffs and for the concert tribute on February fifth, that's all going to be going towards paying expenses into the family. Yeah, yeah, we'll be giving all that to his family. He has a daughter that lives here on Maui. A beautiful daughter, Oceana. Oceana's absolutely yes. adopted, gorgeous, yes, gorgeous. Yes, girl. that's like one of my other children. Mm-hmm. And um, his son Gabriel lives on Oahu and is studying medicine. I didn't know Gabriel went to Oahu. Yes. Gabriel was born while he was still here at the radio station. Yes, that was back when he had the house in Wailuku with the basement studio. That's right. That mm-hmm. house up the street here. Yeah. Beautiful yeah. house. Rock house right there up on, on uh, right up on Main upper Main Street there. Yeah. Heading towards EO. And, um, of course, the name Gabriel, perfect, right? Right. Blow your horn, horn Gabriel. Gabriel. 
Angel Gabriel. Yes. And um, he loved, he adored Gabriel. Yes. And all his children. He has all the, other children. children as well on the mainland. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of can't help but wonder because Gabriel was there and saw his father go through all these health challenges. Yeah, and he was with him at the end. He was with his son. His son was with him. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe um, that's why Gabriel wants to be a doctor. Yeah, maybe. He held the phone to Fulton's ear so I could talk to him. Like the day before he died. Oh, really? Yeah. And we had a a small benefit for him um, while his brother Donald and his sister Marilyn were here right after he died. I didn't even hear about that. We had a small memorial at the VFW in Kihei. Mm -hmm. And just so we could provide his family with with something. Mm -hmm. And so we had a small gathering. I couldn't invite everyone to that either. Mm-hmm. But his son Gabriel did come over for that, mm-hmm. and his kids and his grandkids were there as well. So, so this is this is for that to 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 give some money back. But it, I think it's much more than that. It's really to so many people wanted to get together yeah, yes. and share in the love, exactly, and the that's, stories that's and the memories, exactly. just like just like we are right now, exactly. I I, I don't want to say the word closure because. I know Fulton believed in life after death. Mm-hmm. I know Fulton. I mean, I, I had conversations with him. And I'm sure you probably did too. Yeah. And he's going, you know, sometimes this is just getting to be so difficult. I, I mean, I really am thinking it, it would, I mean, I'm looking forward to not having to deal with all this <laughs> on the other side, you know. Yeah. I mean, and, and I totally. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I totally can relate between yeah. th- this health Challenge after challenge for 20 years. Challenge after challenge. Right. Um, boy, I listened to that song by Jimmy Cliff, um, Many Rivers to Cross, the other day. You know that song, Many Rivers to Cross? Mm. Oh, you have to no, hear that song. No, It's amazing. But it is, you know, Many Rivers to Cross, but I still have to find my way over. Mm. Um, wondering I'm lost as I try to reach the white coat. It, it's a beautiful song, but I think of Fulton when I think of that because he had so many things, and yet his spirit... Was very strong. His very. spirit was. It still is, even though it's a little bit. I, I still feel him here. Yeah. And he's waiting for his celebration. Okay. Yeah. This is a celebration of his life. You're right. He would want everybody to come together and party and have a good time and laugh. Yep. And play music together. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what what that is exactly what we are gonna gonna do. It's On not February gonna be 5th. a downer. There's not gonna be any eulogy. There's not gonna be any like you know. People coming up a line to talk or anything like that. We're going to have a good time. We're going to play music and we're going to have fun. What are you going to do? Who's going to be there? What kind of music? Tell me about the details now. <laughs> okay. Um, it's a, quite a mixture. I bet it is. It's quite a mixture. We have Fatima coming up to do a modern dance in the beginning. I have Alalani Hill doing a chant and a prayer. Mm-hmm. And then we have people like Louise Lambert, Jamie Gallo. Joel Goldfarb, Joe Cano, the House Shakers, uh, Jimmy Mack. And Jimmy Mack is going to be our MC. Oh, yeah, Jimmy's great. As well. Yeah, yeah. And him and the Cool Cats will play. We'll have the eight-track players. And then Espresso, which is the corporate band that I sing with. Oh. And then we're going to try to have a finale number where we're going to bring up, like, all the singers that want to sing and come up and some more musicians that wanted to play. And we're just going to try to incorporate that in the finale. 
So how do you decide what you're going to do as far as a piece of music for a Fulton Tashabi celebration of life? Oh my That's gosh. a hard call. It is. I found a piece, though, that I'm going to play with Joel Goldfarb. Uh-huh. What it's is it? It's called You Were Loved, and it's a Whitney Houston ballad. Oh. that I think is really perfect. Uh-huh. And the other people are choosing things that they... I'm getting chicken skin as you're saying Oh, that. really? <laughs> I am, yeah. Yeah, and and people have their own things they want to say and do and songs they've written and worked with Fulton on and, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I just really had to spiritually cl- close my eyes and just feel like who was it speaking to me the loudest mm-hmm. and the people that I'm used to working with and I think the people that play with him most and, you know, I had to make decisions. And so that's what I've come up with here. So, well, I don't know if people know what it takes to put on something like this. I, I, I don't think the average person's ever tried to put on anything like this because this is not an easy thing to put on. It's not easy putting any event on, but when you have, probably involved in something and like this you probably have about 25 different musicians maybe 30 or different groups and people oh, yeah. all going to be there to, to perform so there's the logistics the time the, logistics, the rehearsals the, the, i mean is a you got to figure out what's going to be played you know you got to have the everyone has their own thing they want to have for their sound but you got to have a certain basic sound is who's is there going to be a basic house band no 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 oh so that's even more yeah, you could get, no. get each band coming up having their own band. Um, it's gonna be uh, about five minute transition between bands because yeah. we have all the backline and everything all set up, and the Mac is providing us with the sound company. This is not indoors. This, this is outdoors. Band. This, this is, is outdoors. outdoors. Okay. Yeah, and so they are providing me with a wow. wonderful staff of wow. um, engineers that day. Wow, who's going to set up our equipment and um, Bruce. From yeah. uh, Bruce Sanders from Village Audio is doing mm-hmm. our backline. Um, that's all the amps and everything. So all you have to do is unplug. The next person plugs in. That's all mm-hmm. you have to um, do. You know, and you know, change your pedals out or whatever, and mm-hmm. quick quickly. You know, because everyone is only going to get about twenty or twenty five minutes to to play. You well, know? yeah, because you can't. There's too many. There's pe- too many people. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I have a tight schedule and I have a stage manager which is Kathy Marchetti from Kinka Kika Inc. helping and is that Paul Marchetti? Yes, that's his wife. Oh okay. <laughs> she does that. She's a professional um stage manager. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well good on that. Her and her son, their son Claudio. And wow. um so yeah it just uh it takes a lot of, you know, coordinating coordinating well it absolutely and does organizing <laughs> and I, I i've been to, to to some celebrations of life but i can easily predict that there'll be nothing quite like this that maui's seen now there was this event that was a fundraiser that happened at the eow theater was that 10 years seven years ago that was before he left to go have right, his, his surgery. operation right well, yeah we had a fundraising event for him which was at the EL Theater, mm-hmm. and it was a fabulous show, actually, too. Yeah. yeah. And we provided him with some traveling money and some bill assistance and um, and just sent him off and hoping that the best would happen. And, and it did. And it did. And it was a very complicated. Yeah. Double, there was a lot double of, lungs, lot of, my God. Lot, and yeah, a lot of people helped with that, too. Yeah. A lot of people. Lot which of people was amazing. Helped. Yeah. So... 
you know, this is a it's a kind of a unique, one of a kind Maui gathering that's going to be happening on February fifth at the Mac. Um, a unique, very unique way of um, at the heart of it, a lot of musicians mm-hmm. who had this deep connection with Fulton and loved him. Mm-hmm. But there is a part of Fulton I'd like to talk about here for a little while we haven't talked about. And there's this whole other world besides the music and musicians. He was a teacher. Oh, my gosh, yes. He was a teacher, and he was very, very proud of being able to teach children in schools and getting them the help and getting them to learn how to play. And he would find uniquely creative ways to communicate with children with about kids. what music was all about, right? <laughs> yes. You know him with his uniqueness. Yes. Okay? He was totally himself, and he loved to teach, and he was so good at it. Mm-hmm. He was really, really an awesome teacher. Mm-hmm. And he would take those kids, and he would be real with those kids. Mm-hmm. He would scare them out of their wits if he had to mm-hmm. and talk to them, you know, like so they could understand, mm-hmm. you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And he would get them in line, and he would teach them ukulele. He would teach them keyboards. He would teach them percussion, rhythm. He would teach them how to read music. Oh, he was really good at that. And I've seen him give a couple people lessons, at, like at the keyboard, and I would just, like, be on my computer or whatever doing stuff and just have my ear listening and... The way he would just support these kids, it was unique, and it was indescribable. And and it, his heart would show. Yes. His, his heart would come out. He really loved. Because he loved those he kids. Loved he loved teaching kids. He really He did. loved the teaching, and I mean, when you have that kind of impact on a children's life, I mean, I remember when I first learned years ago, you change someone's life through music, and if they learn an instrument, You've given them something that is beyond price, right. that is something they'll have their entire life. Right. And he did that. He taught me. When I first moved here, I lived out in Huelo. I didn't know a lot about the island. I'd, I'd visited five or ten times. It was back in 1989, And I had this amazing mansion I was living at in Huelo. And it had a piano, grand piano. I don't know if it was a Suzuki or Yamaha. Nice grand piano. I I had piano lessons when I was young, and I, I really wasn't very good at learning. I mean, I learned how to read music and do some of that, but I had him coming out and teaching me piano way out there. He was driving out to Huelo, Huelo, and teaching me piano. Now, I still, you know, have enough. I didn't, I wasn't a very good student, but I still remembered enough where I can do that, the basic stuff. But I still remember how great it was having him come out, and how inspiring it was to have him come out and I would truthfully enjoy more than the piano lesson, just asking him to play something on the piano. Right, right. And being able, the, the view of the bay, it was all glass windows. It was an A-frame, large windows overlooking the bay. Just to have him play that piano um, there in my house overlooking the ocean, that was that was better than the piano <laughs> than the than the lesson itself. It that, absolutely that, was. That is what I'm going to miss the most is just hearing him play. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm looking forward to the MP3s that you're going to send me, so I can have a little arsenal, so I can, you know, bring up his music when I'm really feeling like God. I sure miss it. There's just because the way he played, his soul, his spirit behind what he did 
was was just him. Nobody you, else yeah. had that. His soul spoke through his music. And no one else had that. Yeah. You know, so I am really, really missing his sound as a sister and as a musician and as a friend. I, I don't know how many people so realize hard. also how deep his spirituality was. Very deep. Um, I, I've always very much, you know, meditated, written. I've meditated every day of my life since I've been 13. And um, not a lot of people understand I, I write every day after I meditate, but not a lot of people get what I write, you know, and it's okay. I'm just doing it because I want to get it out there. Um, and not a lot of people can understand um, that connection, but he absolutely got it. Mm-hmm. And he and I could talk on that level. And there's not a lot of people that could, but he gave me a respect that most all of my friends don't as far as understanding what I was doing and where I was coming from. Mm-hmm. And that meant, I think, more than anything else meant the world to me is his respect of understanding where, what I was trying to express. Mm-hmm. And he could translate it. He could get it. And mm-hmm. He could translate it into music. And that's why um, that CD of Practicing Aloha, that he did all the arrangements and picked all the musicians for and did, made it possible, why that could work, because he was um, willing to do He was saying, of course, I, you know, I just want you to do this. I mean... When I did, um, I did the towards the end just a couple of years ago, my last one, Ave Maria, Queen of Angels, um, and he again he wanted to work on it, but it was so hard with his situation at that point. I mean, it was really really tough, you know. But he did a song for it um, that is behind it, that which I'll, I'll play later, but um, was so powerful, and and now I can cherish those things. He. Mm-hmm. I mean, the moments of music, and I'm so grateful to God that we had those moments that were recorded, mm-hmm. that I can go back and, and he'll be right there in the music. There, you understand it? He's there right there. is his legacy yeah, right there. That's, exactly. That's what it is. That's what he left us with. That's right. His music and the children who learned and the feeling, his music. And the feeling that, he, that it gets evoked through that. Absolutely. You know, that's, that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. Is touching somebody somewhere about something. I mean, you, know? you were so close. Did you? Did you? I mean, I know I felt him, and, and he came in dreams, and that spirit I know was around for like. I mean, in the wind. I mean, it was like he was so there in spirit. Did you have any experiences that you felt that connection with? Um, he... he hasn't visited me yet. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping for a visit, mm-hmm. yeah. but he hasn't visited me yet. He's visited other friends of mine. Mm-hmm. But I haven't had one yet, so I guess yeah. he ain't ready to talk to me. Well, I think he is through this concert. <laughs> that's this concert that's happening. I'm always talking to it's, him. Oh yeah, I'm always talking to him. Yeah, you know, yeah. just wherever I am, I'm always talking to him. So I, he's he's hearing me. I mean, he 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 had this deep, deep musical connection that was the spiritual connection, and to be able to have that happen in a concert of celebration. I know, absolutely, no doubt, his spirits, his spirit is right there, and it's going to be right there in this concert yeah. that that's going to be happening at the Mac. And I, I've had so so many people ask me, well, what about what's going on more? Who's the guy that owns Arias up here? Oh, he texted me and said, if yeah. there's anything I can do, you know, and I, I, he I just, already provided us with food for the first I was going memorial. I was going to ask because yeah, he wanted to he help. He was so generous yeah. and sweet. Yeah. Oh, my God. He provided us with a gorgeous spread. 
that that yeah, day yeah. when his family, when Fulton's family was here. Wow. See, I mean, it's that kind of friends. Right. I mean, how many people did you deal with? You, there must have been even just trying to put this thing together. There had to be hundreds, right? I, I mean, yeah. you know, I just, you know, I don't, I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. I'm overwhelmed with that. That's why I'm glad the people that are on Facebook are on there. I am not. But um, that was a very good way to spread the word. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate all you Facebook people. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much for sharing. Now, we haven't, we have about 10 minutes more, uh, but I, I haven't talked to you at all about you. All, it's all been about Fulton and this gig <laughs> on February 5th. But, but you know, I, I have major respect for your voice. And your talent, and I—I I have to say, I—I I think if you were in anywhere else but Maui, boy, you would be doing like super gigs with the biggest names in the business. But you're here on Maui, yeah, and you're dedicated to being here on Maui, yes. So you know, you—you you have, and you know the people, you know, and you've had a chance to work with the people, but you're still here, mm-hmm. and. I don't think you get enough respect for. I mean, you have this amazing voice, Kelly. Thank you, Cindy. You got a big voice and yeah. so much soul, and you can do just about any kind of jazz and music, not just jazz. No, I not mean, just jazz. not just jazz at all. I cross over. You do cross over. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm one of those things, yeah, singers. I mean, I mean, so so when you when when I think about your background, I go, wow. So what have you been doing? I haven't checked in with you, and, and I haven't seen you in a long time. I have no idea what you've been up to. Okay. Well, professionally, um, I have been writing music with Narada, and we've been mm-hmm. shopping music with uh, Aretha Franklin and people like Carlos Santana and his wife. Isn't and she amazing, Cindy yeah, Blackman? Cindy Blackman, yeah. What a powerhouse of a woman. Yes. They want to bring her out as a solo artist. They should. She's amazing. So, so far, we haven't hit anything yet. But so we're... when you want to write something like that, mm-hmm. just because I'm a frustrated writer, obviously I've written the songs and they're on. Mm-hmm. But when you want, when you're talking big leagues like Aretha Franklin. I know. She's lost a lot of weight. Is she okay? No. I looked at the picture of her and I got very scared. I went, no. that looks like someone who's not She's not okay, doing unfortunately. Well. I pray for her. I've been, I saw a picture of her that scared me. I went, oh my God, I hope she doesn't have cancer because she, she's lost like 100 pounds. Well, and yeah, yeah. So we we write together. Which he sends me a track. I sing. Narada, a, over, Narada sends you a track. Yeah, he sends me a track, mm-hmm. and it's completely wide open. So I get to write the melody and the lyrics on top of his track. Wow! And then we we actually, I I I we have a we have a formula that works. Well, I just record in my little room at home. Uh-huh. He's, I send it to them, uh-huh. and they embed it into the track, and it's amazing. So <laughs> what are you writing? Happen. Give me some words. Um, it's kind of like um, I wrote a song called Black Vanilla mm. about an interracial couple. Uh-huh. But, uh, love. Yeah. You know, yeah. just sexy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I wrote a song called Stay Up. It's just about how I want to stay up and be with my baby. Just mm-hmm. this is more like, you know, pop radio stuff. Right, what right, right. What is what we're trying to try Which is to hard to figure do. out. It's hard to figure out, folks. I mean. Oh, yeah. Because you, it's, it changes every day. Right. You never know what's going to be what people want right. from day to day, you know, because it, it, it's almost like in movies. Something hits it big and all of a sudden everyone wants to do that kind of music like that because that hit it big, right? Mm-hmm. So you have one big artist really making it big in this. Well, let's do a song like that because that's going to be big. And and it's so difficult. It's much more difficult trying to do something pop 
right. commercial than it is just doing whatever you want to do just for yourself, right? In the right. Studio. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you got to have the hooks. You got to understand the rhythms. You got to understand what's going to be, and you have to know the vocal range of the person you're doing it for and what exactly. what they like, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what hits with them. Yeah. But if we're looking at someone like Aretha Franklin that may be looking at her last few years of of legacy music, right? That comes how do you write the, something? And I was like, she's going to hear me sing. Oh, this, you're doing the track. Yeah, I'm singing the tracks. Oh my, as well as writing them. Wow, you know. So I was like, Clive Davis and Aretha are going to hear my song. Wow. wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so See, that's, now that's that's been, intimidating. That's been it's intimidating. That is but intimidating. Narda gets me through all that. You know, I just go ahead and trust my instincts, and uh-huh. he lo- loves the way I write because I can write for a demographic that is a lot younger. Uh-huh. You know, and so, and I've been doing some teaching. I, I Skype teach. Oh, really? Yeah, his found, vocals. Yeah, I do. I actually had Dionne Warwick's granddaughter. I oh, was um, teaching, and she's on a new show called The Four that just came out. It's another singing competition show oh, with yeah. P. Diddy. I didn't know about that. And she's one of the contestants. Wow. On that. And I'm teaching another young woman from New York. And I teach the foundation, um, the, the teenagers, the teenagers, um, the girls that work, that are with Narada's foundation. I teach them. And You're staying uh, really busy. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, it's not good. We, we did some gigs with Narada in New York, like two years ago. Now, that, that's folks, I'm going to New York next, um, back when this airs, I'll be in New York after the Grammys and doing some gigs. And I'm going to actually today when this airs, I'll be at the UN. I'm really looking forward oh, to going to the UN. But um, I'm just put it in context here. Um, we're pretty laid back, kickback in Maui. When you're in New York, there's another level. There's another level. There's another level you're expected Absolutely. to be at. And it's like par excellence, you know, just, you don't, you just have to be so on. Well, that's where I'm from. Oh, I didn't know that. So I was born and raised in Long Island. Oh, I didn't know that. So I grew up there. Oh, okay. And but I, when I go back now, I'm totally overwhelmed. It is overwhelming. <laughs> I, you should see what you I've know. had to drop. I mean, I'm, I'm buying clothes. Going, I don't know. Is this good enough for New York? Yeah. I mean, get right. It's a whole other. But we played at the uh, the um, Iridium. I don't know that. It's a it's a jazz club that uh-huh. is um okay, the guy's name is leaving my brain right now, a famous guitar maker and player. Well Gibson's so like his his mm-hmm. his club. Martin? No, no. And Gibson um jeez, can't Well all the good right makers are gone. Well, anyway, right? so we played some gigs at the Iridium mm-hmm. and then they asked us back and we went back the next May and we did some more we, this was Naruto Michael Walden band. Mm. So I got to sing all wow. the songs that he wrote for the famous people, wow. like Freeway of Love and I'm Every Woman. And I got to sing, and how oh. will I know with him? He produced or wrote all those songs. Wow. And so I got to sing them with his band and sing on his original I music. I didn't know that he did Freeway of Love. Oh, that's his and song. I'll, how will I know? I had no idea he, he did I want to dance with somebody. Not. And Yeah. He oh produced my, that. I, he didn't write those songs, yeah. but he was the producer on those. I did but not But he know wrote Free, Freeway of Love. I did not know that. And a couple of Mariah Carey songs. Wow. And, you know, yeah. So he, So what was it like being in the, in New York doing those songs? It was I can't so even, exciting. 
I mean, what do you even wear? <laughs> I, 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 my sister helped me. My sister helped me get my little outfit together. With New York, you got to go with black. Yeah. Okay. Just always go with black. I didn't. I have gold. You know, I'm gold. I <laughs> black and gold. Black. Yeah. It was super exciting and to yeah. be home in my hometown mm-hmm. and to come back, you know, with that band and to, you know, see a lost love that I. Have Did you reconnected with? Oh, what was that like? Fantastic. Oh it's still going on. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Who would have known that you'd make that connection? How many years had it been? Oh, over 30. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah. Now, that's a spark. That, that's a spark. That I can love go... New York. <laughs> Whoa. So, are you, I mean, so, but is your lost love in New York? Yeah. So, you're doing a long distance? It's a long distance thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. God, yeah. I can't even imagine. Yeah, well, I can't even imagine. Does it has it come out here? He hasn't yet. Oh my he gosh, he yet. has to. He's one of those New Yorkers that just is a work, a work, working, working, yeah, working, yeah, yeah, and yeah. he only leaves town when he he's in Cuba right now. Actually, oh my god, he's playing music. Down he's there. a musician, of yes. course. Yes, plays. Yeah, the bass, the bass, and he's a producer and a magician. Oh, well, there you go. He's very a magic man, unique. <laughs> How sweet is that? Yeah. So you might be moving to New York. Oh, my goodness. Who knows? (laughs) Who knows? Soon, though, I do feel myself gravitating towards being with my my kids, my grandkids. Mm -hmm. I have three grandchildren now. Do you? And I miss them, and I need to go back. And I see myself um, probably being able to do that and working with Narada in California. What an amazing, um, you know, and, and a lot, I hate to say this, a lot of people, I mean, I knew you had some connection, but I mean, I didn't even know all this about you. And I know you and I have such respect for you. And I didn't even know all of this, you know. Um, there was a beautiful release, and you pronounce it Nar- not Narada. I've been pronouncing Narada. it wrong. It's Narada. Yeah. He did a very spiritual song, and I can't remember what it was. That was one of my all-time favorite songs that was so enlightened that he did. And I used to play it on the radio back there years ago. Mm. Um, I wish I could remember the name of it. But, you know, I mean, I had deep respect for him. And I knew he'd come out here. He has come to Maui. Oh, many come visit. times. Yeah, many yeah. times. In he fact, loves he, it out here. He used to visit with Fulton. Yeah. And, yeah, he used to connect sometimes. Because mm-hmm. he'd say, oh, you know who was here? And going, not him. He was so great. Yeah. But I didn't know that connection through you. So yeah. an amazing connection. Yeah. And um, I have nothing but respect and even more so now. But um, we just want to get out there to people. And this is really important, folks. This is going to be a special, special night, February 5th at 5 o'clock at the uh, Maui Arts and Cultural Center outside. Um, the number to call is 242-SHOW. Right. Um, that's 242-SHOW. Um, it's more than just the music. It's going to be the people, the spirit, Bolton spirit, and all the magic that does happen when everyone gathers to celebrate. Right. This amazing man's life. Yes, yes. And I appreciate you uh, giving me the time to come on and and to um, announce this because I really want everyone to show up. And could you please RSVP at RememberFulton at gmail.com. We would kind of like to know how many people might show up. <laughs> well, you know, people so, aren't used to that. No, no one know. does this. So well, please, I, did, I saw please, it and I didn't please, understand it. Please Kelly. go on. That's, that, that's so, 
Beverly knows what to do. Oh, I see. Okay. And, okay. and so, and remember, that, and that Fulton? remember Fulton at gmail.com. Please RSVP. Okay. Now, people are driving in the car. It's hard to remember. So, we got to repeat this a couple of times. Remember Fulton at gmail.com. Remember Fulton at gmail.com. But you can just call 242 show and order tickets. Um, no, Can't there you? are no? no, there are no tickets. Oh, there are no tickets. Right. No, there are no tickets. Oh, I'm glad you clarified that. I assumed there sorry. were tickets there. Yeah, because no, there it was are no the tickets. Mat. No, it's, it's, it's free. Oh my gosh. I didn't know it was free. Yeah. Everyone is donating their, their time oh, and energy. Oh my gosh. So just the only money coming in is going to be for the food or something? Wow. The open bar. I mean, not the open bar, the cash the, bar. Yeah, yeah. That will be open. Okay, we'll, we'll see. Know. Now, that was an important factor. I just assumed there was going to be a cost on this. Yeah. But no. No. Wow. Just RSVP. That's the that's your payment. All right. <laughs> RSVP. At rememberfulton at gmail.com. All right. Well, God bless you. God bless Fulton. And I am just very blessed to have known him and uh, have been able to work with him. Um. This is a little bit we're going to go out with here. A Fulton played behind um, words I did. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you, now, Kelly. You are with me in the light. Let your heart be open to the love that is precious beyond compare. The jewel in the heart is the light that radiates with unconditional love. The radiation of love is the magnet that works magic when you believe that you are love. For you have the love of God in your heart, and you are blessed with the grace of God's inheritance, the divine gift of knowing who you are when you believe that you are love. And as you bring yourself to the truth that heals, and the love that brings joy and happiness, your life becomes a blessing when you believe that you are love. Be the blessings by being at one with this love and shine this light of love forth like the sun upon all that is around you. It's easy when you believe that you are love. The light of love comes with a smile from the soul. The flame of love burns with the spark of God's holy breath. Breathe the spirit of the holy light. And keep that love light burning always, believing that you are love. Till you purify the old patterns and alive in the new life that's waiting in the paradise that is around you here on earth, always believing that you are.